Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Objects in the Mirror, the podcast that asks the question, as it concerns the racial history of our country, are the objects in the mirror closer than they appear or not? Thank you so much for coming back with us. This is part B of episode two, finishing up my conversation with Aunt Dot, who had a lot of great things to say in the previous episode, and I think you're going to find some great things in this episode as well. Remember, you can share this podcast with your friends or family via Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, TuneIn, or Stitcher. You can even leave us a review if you would like. Thank you so much. Hope you enjoy. So this will be my next to last question. Um, growing up around here, did relatively, I mean, did you feel, actually, I'm sorry, I got, I got three more questions. First question. Um, growing up around here, did you feel, I mean, how, how did, did you feel safe growing up? Even, even with the racial tension? I did. The only thing that I experienced was in 1965, they burned a cross out in front of our store. And uh, I was keeping my um, little cousin, Carrie Smith, at the time. And she's, she was sitting here watching TV. She looked out the window. She said, Uncle Leanna, it's a, a fire in the shop yard. Well, we jumped up to see it, and then she ran in that room and looked. She said, Uncle Leander, come and look. It's a fire. Well, we jumped up, and uh, it was. Okay, we looked at it and said, oh, huh. He said, the, the KKKs will burn across in my yard, huh? So I called uh, Robert Horton, who was a shirt, and he came. Daddy went and got the gun, and he came, and when he drove up, Daddy told it to him. He said, now, look. He said, I heard the car. But I thought it was some of the boys. He said, now, tell them to come back and burn another one. He said, I got some for them. I'm going to load them up with my Betsy. Robert Horton said, Leanna, now you know you can't shoot nobody because they burn a crossing. He said, yes, I can cross this ditch, but not out in the highway. He said, but cross this ditch is my land. He said, well, if I I catch somebody speeding out there on the highway, I, I can't shoot them. Daddy said, well, they, the highway belonged to the people. This ditch over here from that ditch to that ditch belonged to me. He said, now tell them to come back. I know who it was. Well, we found out the next day they burned one in Willie Merritt's yard, rubbing uh, Aaron Gibbs' yard. At that time, he was living down the Trent. He wasn't living up the Grantsburg. They did one in uh, somebody's yard in Pamplico. They did five, all black folk. Now, that kind of, uh, it kind of frightened me. But Daddy talked, and we had prayer, and uh, we were ready for him. Okay, well, out the Elmo's, they'd be talking about his stuff. So Daddy told him, say, Leanna, say, I heard that cross was burning your yard. Daddy said, yeah, tell them to come back tonight. Because when they stop and put a fire on anything in my yard, I'm going to try my best to put a bullet in them just as long as it'll go. That never happened again. But I got over that. That didn't frighten me. I kept on driving my car when I wanted to to the ball games. I drove my car from Newburn when I wanted to. I went to Moorhead City by myself when I wanted to. But that at that time, it's the only time I've ever been fearful. Mm-hmm. And we go to the store. I mean, like, we didn't have any problem. Now, one time, my sister, my older sister, she was in college then. I was in high school. 
And she paid a girl at the store, and the girl wouldn't put the change in her hand. She laid it on the counter. My sister said, why do you put my change down there? I put it in your hand. Why you can't put it in my hand? And the girl said, but there's your change there. She said, you better put it in my hand because I'm not moving. And the girl took the money and rammed it. And when she did, my sister twisted her fingers. That girl was hollering. <laughs> <laughs> that girl was hollering like I don't know what. But and I told her, I said, you better stop and come on here. Let's go home. We're going to get in trouble. <laughs> but, but that was the only time. And one other time, they had the pretty dolls. They didn't have, they had the black doll with a, a band, band hand, you know, these hats on, ugly headdress. And my sister went in the store. It was called Crescious. Some like um, Dollar General, I guess, they carried everything. And it was made out of some kind of um, ceramics. She took that doll and went right down that aisle. Bam, 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 bam. Broke the doll's heads. Lord, I was scared. I said, why do you do that? Why don't they make some pretty black dolls? All the dolls out here white. Yes, I broke them. Come on, let's go. And I, we went out. Nobody bothered us. We got in the car. We went back up to my sister. She told my sister what I had done. My sister fell out laughing. She said, well, you better not do it anymore. That's all she said. She didn't get mad. We never did tell my parents that either. Not until we were grown. <laughs> Daddy just shook his head. But I don't, I don't know. I didn't. We didn't have that. We didn't. It wasn't like. And like when we went to college and we'd be talking. And they say, oh, y'all let the white people. We said, no, we're not scared of them. They're scared of us. Mm-hmm. And they weren't. They were scared of us. We weren't scared of them. Well, nobody's done Don Lee because he owned half of the council, so. So, but just being scared, mm-mm, mm-mm. And I've never, like, when I was teaching down here, I would be coming home by myself this time of night. Nobody never came up. One time, a boy did it, and it was Rapper Cookie's uncle. <laughs> and I saw it was him. I laid his honey out, too. <laughs> I said, you ugly rascal. You better never do that again. Every time I speed up, he would speed up. I slowed down. He would slow down. I said, Lord, I was up there by where the college is now. Boy, when I got up there by Duvers, mm-mm-mm. and I got up there to his house, he turned in. I turned around, came Mary up there behind. But that, just messing with us, they didn't. They didn't. And one other time, my younger brother, Dave, yes, mother told him to take me to Sunday school. And he was going over to slipping to go see Grace dating early Sunday morning. I had no business going nobody the house there early. <laughs> so he told me, asked me, did I want to miss Sunday school and go with him? I told him, yeah. So we, he said, we're not going to Sunday school. I'm going to take you to the rental to my girlfriend's house. But when we got along there, it was about eight, what, Pomeray, that first house after you passed your daddy, on the left-hand side going on to the bridge. It was a lot of girls along there. They strolled across the road. And that my brother Dave blew the horn. They wouldn't move. He backed all the way back past the bridge, and he put it wide open. Lord, I was hollering and crying. And but they they were white girls. Yeah, they strode all holding hands right there. He could have if he had hit those girls, he would have killed two or three of them. The girl dressed. I'm not lying. He's not living the day. Her dress. The wind was. He was so close. Her dress was going like that. I said, D, you better not do that no more. Well, and they, they got out of the way. Yes, they did. They were hollering and running. Boy, they split like like, like the Red Sea. <laughs> they were split. 
So, but they didn't ever tell their parents because the man, the dad would have come down to talk to my daddy. And we didn't ever tell it. Yeah. But that's what happened. I can remember like it was yesterday because I was scared that he could have hit one and killed them. You know, um, it's funny. I, there was a time where I went, I went trick-or-treating with some of my white friends as a kid. And uh, a white guy down Minnesota Beach, he uh, asked me, was I dressed as a black person? And I was a kid, but, um, but I didn't, I never told my dad or my granddad because I was afraid that it was going to, it was going to escalate. So it's funny. So y'all kind of had the same, Mm -hmm. that same mentality. Mm -hmm. Okay. But after that, I mean, nothing ever happened and, um, they became our good friends. My dad was sick that Skeeter Broughton, uh, he came in here to see my dad just before he died and he came in here sat there in that, that, not that chair, and the chair my dad was sitting in this chair, in this same chair, not this spot. And he was sitting over there, and he was there laughing and talking, and talking about, oh, where's John Pollard? Where's this one? Leander, where's this one? There's that one. But I don't know. They soon, I don't know. I can't say they, they covered it up, but it was not a problem. And they respected my father. They respected daddy. And that's another thing. One night, my daddy went to a school board meeting. He was the only black in that building. And my daddy didn't come in here till 5 o'clock that morning. And he had just left the meeting. And he was mother. Was, there were, all of us were scared. I said, Lord, mother, you think they did something to daddy? He said, his daddy said, don't worry about me. He said, they may kill me, but they can't eat me. <laughs> he said, don't worry. He said, I'm trying to get us some new buses. And some some science equipment. That was the argument. The science equipment had come. Daddy said, but I tell you what, if we don't have half of these books coming to our school, we're going to Raleigh. So Raleigh will say who get the new books. And they didn't know. They claimed they didn't know that they were taking all of the new books and giving us the old books. But mm-hmm. my daddy was very instrumental in that. I don't even know who's living now to tell that story because all, most of the people who know it are dead. But Daddy was—he'd been out there many times. He said, "I'm doing this for my, not for me. This is for my children and my grandchildren." He said, "And you all know it's not right." So now they sent uh, hundred—I uh, say they sent ten thousand dollars for the science equipment. We may would get one microscope. Mm. They get all the new ones. Then all the old ones that wouldn't the lens were working and broken out. Then they shipped them to us. Well, y'all got a hundred microscopes. Yeah, right. And then none of them working right. <laughs> so it was, it was separate and unequal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we got along, got out of that. That's what I say. It's just amazing. I cannot, I can't talk about my life without talking about God because the things that were happening, How I, I mean, God took us, he wanted us to experience that. But he could have fixed it so we will still be in that predicament. But he, to me, it's like he's saying, I deliver my children. But even though there's much more to be done, but it's not like it used to be. Like when my older sisters and brothers went to school, I'm pretty sure that my school life was much different. Mm. Because uh, I was in the, I was in the, the 11th or 12th grade when they got the first cafeteria. 
I may have been in the tenth grade. Yeah, and then we got a new one, the one that they use now. But my brother knows they had to take little sandwiches from home. They either not eat until you got back home. Hmm. It was a long day. Long day. But it's it's just it's amazing though when we look at how it used to be and look at it now. And it's just it's just so so when you were coming along back then, I mean, did you think did you think things would change? Yes, I did. I knew it would. And I was mostly looking at the job and the day would come that I could go and apply for whatever job I wanted and had an equal chance. That's what I looked at mostly. I wasn't worried about eating in this cafe, eating in that cafe. I wanted the job and I wanted to be able to get me a house so wherever my money would allow me to. Not I had to live in this part of town, on this road. I can't live over there. Those were the two most things I cared about. I didn't care about uh, where I had to sit on on the on the bus until Rosa Parks started it. Mm-hmm. Then it, it it soaked in me. I'm yeah. not sitting in the back of the bus either. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I'm paying my money, and if they ask me to, I'm not moving. And that was my attitude. But she inspired me. If that lady could do it, but uh, there we go again. When I rode the bus, they didn't say nothing about me sitting up front. Not the bus driver never asked me to move. Hmm. Never. This is, this is in North Carolina? There, this was like when I was in college coming mm-hmm. from Raleigh to Newburn by you. bus. They did not because I rode the bus some to New York because my sister, Lee, Lee's mom, lived in New York. And I used to ride the bus, but we didn't have a problem about where we were sitting, going nor coming. So did you, so did you always, like even from a child, you always felt like things were going to change or did something or did that? I think uh, Dr. King and uh, Mrs. Parks uh, sparked me to a change that's going to come and the bravery that they had that, that, that encouraged me. To not to take anything. And I didn't. I didn't. Because I know one day. Military. You don't you don't act like that in military. I was going in the PX. And. This lady. I opened the door. And before I could go. She jumped in front of me. And I pushed her back. And told her I was holding the door for me. And after I come out. I would have been kind enough to hold the door for you. Well they were telling me. That's a general wife. You don't talk to her like that. I said, I don't care who she is. It could be the general. He's wrong. I got that first. I opened the door. You speed up to beat me in. No, you wait and let me get through. Then I'll hold it for you. And uh, they were telling me, that's a general wife. Well, of course, I, I say, but I don't want to be messing up his career. So when he came home and I told him, he said, you did right. He said, you don't have to take nothing off of them. And that could have been his rank, you know. You just, mm-hmm. you know, how military. I mean, hey, they be saluting them and all that. I say, I don't care now. I'm a woman just like she is. Let her wait. So, are you? Um, I know you said we still got, you know, we still got room to go. But you are. Um, do you? Do you? You acknowledge that a lot of progress has been made. Hmm. I think so. Yeah. I really do. But yeah, that's like I say. Something else can be done. Only going to be done through unity. Mm-hmm. We have to have a leader. We have to. Man, thank you so much, Aunt Dot. That is episode two, part B. 
man, a lot of good stuff there. If you're enjoying what we're doing, make sure you go follow us on Twitter at OITM Podcast. That's at OITM Podcast. I know you got Facebook friends. Share the episodes on Facebook. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Google Play Music. You can find us on TuneIn.com. You can find us on Stitcher. All of those things, they have mobile apps so that you can listen to it on the go. You can listen to it while you're sitting down having some coffee. But share it with your friends and family. I think these are great stories that people need to hear. I'm really excited to be able to bring it to you. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of your week.